Hello and welcome to the message number 34. This is a really positive message and it is entitled, Yes, You Can. I hope this gives you soup for your soul and a positivity for your journey ahead this week. The Bible passage comes from Matthew chapter 13. At about that same time, Jesus left the house and sat on the beach. In no time at all, a crowd gathered along the shoreline, forcing him to get into a boat. Using the boat as a pulpit, he addressed his congregation, telling stories. What do you make of this? A farmer planted seed. As he scattered the seed, some of it fell on the road and birds ate it. Some fell in the gravel. It sprouted quickly, but it didn't put down roots. So when the sun came up, it withered just as quickly. Some fell in the weeds as it came up and it was strangled by the weeds. Some fell on good earth and produced a harvest beyond its wildest dreams. Are you listening to this? Really listening? Study this story of the farmer planting the seed. When anyone hears news of the kingdom and doesn't take it in, it just remains on the surface. So the evil one comes along and plucks it right out of that person's heart. This is the seed the farmer scattered on the road. The seed cast in the gravel. This is the person who hears and instantly responds with enthusiasm. But there is no soil of character. And so when emotions wear off and some of the difficulty arrives, there is nothing to show for it. The seed cast in the weeds is the person who hears the kingdom's news, but weeds of worry, illusions about getting more and wanting everything under the sun strangle what was heard and nothing comes of it. The seed cast on good earth is the person who hears and takes in the news, then produces a harvest beyond his wildest dreams. Amen. Let us pray. Jesus, we've come here to be expectant to hear you speak to us in our own situations and us as a community. We pray as we gather around your word that you would remind us that you are here in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. It's wonderful that you're able to be here today. My name is Daniel and I'm the vicar here at Holy Cross. And today I would like to talk to you about, yes, you can. Sounds like a a political sort of statement, doesn't it? Yes, you can. I'm sure Barack Obama says something like this. But I want to talk to you about what Jesus says related to, yes, you can. The passage which we heard today in other Gospels is, from, is, is told to the disciples that this is the ABCs in your Christian walk. If you don't get this, then you're not going to get anything else. Jesus is talking really principally to those like you and I who are walking with him and find it tough. And he says to us, Yes, you can. There are no well-worn paths where we are traveling. It's a journey of adventure and faith with Jesus. And that's why Jesus loves to spell this out. You can do it. But like the birds in the air, like the, the, uh, the birds that, that create those nests and, and have no worries that Jesus talks about, we have to do 
our part. But Jesus says, yes, you can. Why? Because he died and rose again. Christians can grumble like anyone else, but they shouldn't grumble too long. Why? Because Jesus is alive. Christians can feel cynical like anybody else, but not as much as others because Jesus is with us. And that's what I want you to be reminded of today. You can do it. If there's one word that you could put into a box, as opposed to Jesus, Holy Spirit, Father, it would be the word can. Because of Easter, you can do it. Now I'm talking to Christians who are living in the real world. And that's why I want to remind you of what Jesus is saying for us today. How can we say, yes, we can, in this world where there is so many different uh, expenses to pay, there are so many wars, there's so many different things? Well, Jesus says, hold on. Hold on and have a vision of what I want to give you in the future. Jesus says that the seed that grew the 100, 60 or 30 crop were people who heard the word. We all can hear, but in Luke's gospel, which is linked to this, it also says, has a noble heart, a good and noble heart. See, we all can hear and then walk away and think, well, that was great. I listened to something else. I was down with a vicar the other week where he was talking about um, someone who was getting their child christened. And the christening was part of it, but they were going to the fortune teller and they were going to somebody else as well as part of the, the, um, uh, the package. Jesus says, please don't do that. Please listen to Jesus. Listen and hear with a good, noble heart. He has a great word for you. But you've got to have that vision. Noble people have a vision. They can see the future. They can see what is going to happen. People like the knight who won his spurs, as we heard that beautiful hymn, they had a calling like us. Albert Einstein once was on a train. He was on a journey. And the ticket inspector started to uh, walk down the aisle, as he does. I'm sure Craig Waggett, our um, church warden, would be impressed with the ticket inspector. He was checking all the tickets. Albert Einstein looked around and thought, oh, gosh, I've lost my ticket. I'm going to get chucked off the train. But the ticket inspector said, don't worry about it. I know who you are. We all know who you are. The ticket inspector carried on taking the tickets of all these other people he didn't know. He noticed Albert Einstein scrambling on the floor. The ticket inspectors came back to him and said, Mr. Einstein, you don't need to find your ticket. I know who you are. Albert Einstein turned around to the ticket inspector and said, young man, I know who I am, but I've forgotten where I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> whether that's apocryphal or not. We can be people who are Christians, who love God, who really feel that God is with us. But Jesus said, I want more for your life. If you are going to be people who can, you need to have a vision. You need to know where you're going. Reminded of Tabitha in the scriptures, a wonderful woman in Acts. If you ever read Acts, Tabitha, we have many Tabithas in Holy Cross. 
Many men and women who have a good and noble heart, who trust in God implicitly, despite the circumstances, despite the options to leave him. Jesus says, if you are going to be ones who are going to be people who can, you need to have a vision that I'm with you. I'm going to take you on this journey right to the very end. What else do we learn about the crop that that bared this wonderful bounty? But Jesus says, not only do you need to hear, have a good, noble heart, but you need to accept the word. We need to trust in Jesus. When we live in an enlightened age and we are called to to look and think and use our minds, and there is a very important part in our faith of reason, of tradition, of scriptures, of experience. But at some point, you need to cross the line and say, I'm going to trust you like this crop, despite the circumstances, despite sometimes the things I'm thinking, despite what I think may possibly happen if I just carry on. Accept the word. And it says in the Luke's gospel, retains it and understands it. Can I give you all a fashion tip? I wonder, not, not a fashion tip, of, uh, if it was a fashion tip for me, it would be blue jeans and a blue jumper, a pair of trainers. That's not the type of fashion tip I'm talking about. The type of fashion tip I'm talking about are the things that are fashionable for those who are people who can, who say, yes, I can follow God. Trusting means willing to learn. Trusting isn't just a blind trust of just, I'll just trust, but willing to keep on trying. Trusting is stopping and listening. I don't know if anyone realized that, you know, in a car there is a brake as well as an accelerator. You don't need to keep on going. Sometimes God says, stop. You can, but it doesn't mean you have to keep on going. Final fashion tip. If you want to be a person or a church like I do, that trusts, that says, yes, we can see this community flourish. We need to be prepared. I was in Barclays Bank this week in town. Um, I was queuing up for a new card and I had to put a couple of checks in to my, my bank account. I had this old 50 pound note that was just, um, someone gave me, it wasn't my 50 pound note by the way, someone gave me to give to somebody else. This person didn't want it, so I went, oh great, that's mine. No, it's not mine. I had to look after it to ensure that this was given to somebody who really needed it. I was in a queue, as I said, and there was this um, homeless person. He, He described himself as a homeless person. I'll call him Tom. His name wasn't Tom, it was somebody else. But he came up to me, he was queuing up, and I knew what was going to happen, being a vicar as well and so forth. I thought, oh, here we go. I'm going to be after some money. I know that. That's okay. We all need money. I need money. You need money. He turned around to me and said, have you got £6.10p? £6.10p. Well, I thought, well, I've got a credit card. I've got some checks. Sorry, I don't have £6.10p. And then he started talking to me about his, his life, how he sees used to be a roofer, he's got a family and so forth. He's found himself on the streets. And something from the inside of me said that this person 
can make a difference. And I remember he just explained to him, there's a little bit about God, nothing major. And then I just realised, what's in my hand? I've got this old 50 pound note. I said, well, I can't give you six pounds 10, but it's not my money, but someone else said that when you find somebody who needs the money, give it to them, have this old 50 pound note. This homeless person went, oh my goodness, 50 pounds. I was only after probably 50p. I asked for six pounds 10 just to be a bit, you know, cheeky, shy bands getting out and all of that. I gave him this 50 pounds. He put it into his bank. He was so grateful. It made me realise, to me and you, 50 pounds is something, but it's not that much, is it? It's a little thing to, to, to people who can have food and drink and electricity and gas. But someone who had nothing, that meant so much. And it brought back home the importance to me of the importance of accepting the word, retaining it, listening to what God may be saying to you. I wish I could stand here and say, it was out of my complete generosity that I gave 50 pounds away. It wasn't, it was somebody else's money. But it reminded me that we need to trust. What is God saying to us? We can make a difference. That person, he made, I don't know what he does with the money, but he remember that moment. The moments that you stand up for Jesus will be remembered. Vision. Trusting in God, hearing God's word, accepting God's word. My final point I'd like to say about us, a church that can, that can make a difference. Yes, we can. Why? Because we are people of resilience. Resilience. Jesus says in the scriptures here in Matthew and in Luke, the difference between the scripture, the, the other types of, of, uh, of seed that was planted is that this seed persevered. This seed decided to produce a crop. We could have, and I'm sure the Social and Outreach Committee could have said on Thursday, and they might have felt tempted, let's quit the summer fate. It's just like too much stress. But something with the Social and Outreach Committee said, yes, we will carry on. We will, we will be resilient. And look what happened. We had a, an amazing harvest of people coming with lots of talking. The Bishop of Newcastle gave it a thumbs up on Twitter, which is always a great, a positive thing. There was um, people after saying to me about church, I love to come to church and so forth. All of these things wouldn't have happened if we didn't step out and were, was not resilient. Like my children on Holy Island the other day in the pouring rain at midnight. We said, no, we're going to carry on regardless. What great joy. I want us to remind you as well, though, that in this scripture, Jesus is in a three-year journey to the cross. And later on, he talks to the crowds, because we heard in Matthew there was crowds around him. And he shared this passage. And he says, those who follow me need to deny themselves, carry their cross and follow me. Thousands left to Jesus. Jesus turned to his 12 and he turns to us today and says, are you going to leave me too? Jesus was saying that because he wanted to test their hearts. And I want to just to remind us again today that Jesus is saying that he understands it's easy to leave him or just be apathetic at best. Jesus says, I want you to be resilient, to be noble, to hear and trust. 
Because when you do that, when you step out, we start to walk on water. When we step out and trust God with our loaves and our fishes, we start to see hundreds, maybe even thousands, impacted by the good news of Jesus. But we have to make that choice. It's not going to be given to us on a platter, folks. It's not going to be given to us like a, a going to McDonald's like I did the other day, 117. It's not just going to come to your table. We've got to do our part. Now, some commentators say that this passage is about what I'm talking about. But some others say also that this passage, I'm ending the, with like, a, like an epilogue to this sermon. It's about people who feel they're just not good enough. And Jesus wants to remind you that you are good enough. You can do it. Some commentators say that it's, it's against all of those people who say that Jesus is just, just a ragabond, a glutton, a drunkard. Maybe people have said bad things about you or, or thought bad things about you. Jesus wants to remind you that he has a home for you. You may feel lost today, you may feel like you do not know where you're going. But I end with this short story. Two weeks, I lost three children four times. Can you believe this? Two weeks, I lost three children four times. Once over in Stainhope, which I told about uh, in another talk. Last week, I lost Kala. She went on a bicycle. We were aiming for the station. She went past the station in the town and went all the way over the bridge thinking, the station's not on the other side in Gateshead. It must be in Newcastle. And then I lost Cade um, over in Kingston Park. I was late. He said, do you know what? I'm just going to walk home. What I'm saying in all of this, friends, is that you may sometimes feel lost. You may feel like you are the crop that is on the stony ground or, or the crop that is in the, uh, the thorns or the crop that has only the, the small amount of soil. But you're not, friends. You are in the soil of hope of Jesus. You are there. And Jesus is saying to you today, come home to me. Like Cade getting lost, like Ben getting lost, like my daughter Kala getting lost. They realized that all they had to do was reset their compass to their destination. Jesus is saying that to us today as a church, as we grow, as we blend, as we become more diverse. Just touch your heart at times, maybe at the beginning of the day or the end of the day, and say, like I do, maybe a verse that you, you hold on to. My verse is, be still and know that I'm God. You may have a mantra like I do. My mantra every day when I find it hard is I say, God loves me, God guides me, and God is for me. God loves me, God guides me, God is for me. When you realise that, you realise that God has not left you. In fact, quite the opposite, he is with you. So in a nutshell, I say to you today, friends, you can do it. Because Jesus is your closest friend. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, that was a really encouraging message. I love the fact that we're planted in good soil because of Jesus. And the fact she's given us a vision, noble heart. I love it. I love the sense of having that challenge too, to trust 
even though it can be tough. And at the end, even though we may feel at times that we are not good enough, Jesus reminds us because of the resilience that he's put in us, we can do it. Why don't we end our time together as we normally do with the grace and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of all God's people said, Amen.